You're listening to the Getting Ahead podcast, where you can listen and learn. And I'm your host, Simon Isoa. Welcome to the show. Each week on Getting Ahead podcast, we look into an interesting topic and interview some of the most interesting people in the world, and we turn their wisdom into actionable points for you to implement in your everyday life for you to be able to get ahead and grow. Our guest for this week's episode is Lily Walford. She's a behavioral profiler, hypnotist, life coach, NLP master practitioner and trainer specializing in relationships. She'll be talking to us on how busy professionals can date safely and successfully. So stick around and enjoy the show. Hey, Lily, welcome to the show, the Getting Ahead podcast. Like you already know, is a show that looks into biz- entrepreneurs and business owners. And uh, we try to pull out uh, daily wisdom for our listeners so that they can implement in their everyday life from people such as you. And I've read through your profile and it's very interesting. And uh, I would like to know more about you. And definitely this uh, chat will open up a lot more about you and how you've grown in your business so far. So, Lily... Welcome to the show once once again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be diving into uh, literally everything and anything. <laughs> so, Lily, tell us about yourself. That's the little background story. Yeah, so I am an international relationship and dating coach. I specialize in something called behavioral profiling and body language. So we can profile people within six minutes or less using CIA level uh, technology and also we can read body language best on the polygraph machine. So this has helped a lot of our clients to go ahead and date safely but also successfully as well. So usually within three months of working with me most about 70% of my clients find their ideal partner. Wow. So <laughs> why the dating business? Why what, what prompted you to go into the dating business? Yeah. I think it's quite interesting. So um, when I was 19, I went through like the first sort of serious relationship and it was freaking terrible. (laughs) And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why. Like um, I was with this, with this guy, three years, I was stalked five years after the relationship and kept on going into quite awful toxic relationships. And I just wanted to understand, you know, what is it that actually creates a healthy relationship? And um, like previously, I spoke to you before, I was, re- I was an accountant before, and, um, uh, and I decided that I wanted to really understand what a healthy relationship was. So I started doing loads and loads and loads of research, went in down the, uh, the, the NLP, hypnotherapy, life coaching kind of routes and realized it wasn't quite enough. It's like you can have all this amazing self-confidence, you can have amazing self-worth. But the truth is, if it's not going to stop you from meeting someone who's predatory. So, for example, like, um, you know, let's say you've got a sheep that's got amazing self-confidence and self-worth. The wolf isn't going to turn around and go, OK, I'm not going to eat that sheep. The wolf's going to do what it wants to do. Yeah. So it's, it was about being able to be in the best place to have a relationship, a loving relationship, but also know um, and recognize who else is actually compa- compatible with and also um, their ability of being emotionally intelligent enough to have a fantastic relationship too. 
So wow. that literally led me to, uh, yeah, <laughs> meeting Chase. So when um, we, we went into business together in 2019 and Chase, he's a world leader in behavioral profiling, has $30 million worth of government backed research trained and two and a half thousand CIA level operatives. So uh, we started talking and, and figured that this level of intelligence would make such an improvement to dating. I mean, for example, in um, the States, it's like one in three women and one in four men go through physic um, physically abusive relationships. Wow. Um, it just shows that there's a real need for people to know that they can enter a safe relationship, but also a relationship where they're compatible as well. Okay. That's very interesting. The statistics you just ruled out today. So I'm trying to still get my finger around it because you said that means you use tech to look at possible dating partners for clients. So we actually use psychology. Okay, so psychology. Yeah, so it's all literally anything. You literally don't need anything. You don't need a phone. You don't need uh, anything at all. You just need yourself, your eyes, your brain, and you can literally profile anyone within just okay. a few minutes. Because I thought I heard you saying lie detecting machines or a polygraph. I thought I heard you say. Poly yeah, it can be yeah. better than a polygraph machine. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow. That's, that's, that's very interesting. So if you meet somebody now, you said less than, is it six seconds or six minutes you mentioned? Six, six minutes. So six minutes. Six minutes. So profiling, you can actually understand that person's needs and fears within six minutes or less. Wow. So obviously that's when you're starting out, but when you actually start to, um, you know, use this and you start to become more fluent in it, you can do it within just a matter of seconds. That's interesting. So are you profiling me right now as you're speaking? <laughs> <laughs> At the matrix, you know, once you, once you, uh, you know, red color, whichever one it is, that's it. You just see everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it comes second, second nature, part of your job. <laughs> Without yeah. you realizing it, you are doing it already. So that's why I asked that question because I'm very sure you're already doing that. So the funny thing is, it's like a deeper level of communication. So, for example, it's like a difference between texting and a phone call or a phone call and meeting in person or yeah. meeting in person and actually having the behavioral language and body language and profiling on top so you can understand that person at a deeper level. Wow, that's interesting. So hmm. how do you, um, how do I say it? How do you start off with your clients? What, what do you, what do you do with them and to say, okay, if somebody calls you, okay, I need help. I like, I like the, 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 what do you call it? The cat, the phrase, uh, love with intelligence, right? That's what, that's what's on your website. Yeah. yeah I like it. Very yeah. catchy. Yeah. So how do you, how does the whole process start off? Somebody comes to you yeah. and says, I need love. Yeah, it's quite funny because a lot of people who come to me and they're like, okay, you know, they're ready for a relationship, they're probably ready to start a family, whatever it might be. And the first thing that anyone should really focus on is who they are within their identity and also anything that they need to heal. So identity actually has a huge influence on the way that we interact with our world, interact with our partners, interact with ourselves also standards, what we accept in our life, what we don't accept in our life. So, and all this identity stems from childhood. So what we find with childhood, this is really interesting, is that any emotions that we felt um, consistently as a child, we will actually recreate in our relationships. 
So for example, as a child, if you felt like the need to please your parents all the time, you'd go into a relationship feeling the need to please. If you were a victim as a child, you're the one who kept on, you know, falling over and scratching their knee and crying and needing that love and reassurance, you're going to have a version of that in your relationships. If you were someone who was praised for being independent and needing to be, you know, quite strong and independent, you're going to do that in your relationships. So when you start to actually have a look and fine tune what's going on at that childhood level, you can start to understand the way that you interact, but also the types of partners that you will actually attract from that space as well. So, for example, people pleasers, they tend to give their all in the relationship, don't get the recognition they want and end up feeling peed off at the end of it. Yeah. You have the victims, they end up going for partners who tend to be abusive, manipulative, um, narcissistic, whatever it might be. So they get to play the victim role. Independent people, well, they end up going into relationships and being emotionally unavailable because that's never, you know, being emotional has never been praised. So they feel disconnected from their partners. So this is why childhood at that very um, insane level is so freaking important to understand and to heal. And then, because otherwise, if I said to someone, right, okay, I've got your dream partner here, let's bring them in. Okay, you're gonna meet, meet each other and everything's been perfect. If you're still throwing out those kind of behaviors that you were demonstrating as a child, even though it's an adult version of it, you can end up sabotaging that relationship. So it's becoming the person or becoming more of who you are so you can actually enjoy that relationship more. Wow, that's that's very insightful. Uh, I think, <laughs> I, but you know, some, you know, the funny thing is that some of these traits are being uh, appraised or adored mm -hmm. in, the, in the community. Take, for example, the independent person. Uh, most parents will love to have an independent child who can take care of themselves, mm -hmm. who can do things on their own. And most times, independent people are bold, courageous, most are intelligent, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, but now on the flip side, it, it affects a relationship. I mean, it's really crazy, as in, like you said, not being emotionally available. So, mm, it's uh, all about balance. It's like literally yeah. a healthy balance to everything. So, as soon yeah. as something's slightly out, it becomes it becomes an issue. I mean, like into being independent is great. Wanting to please people is great. Yeah. But it's finding the the healthy boundaries between it all. Yeah. Because what you find is like independent people tend to, who are quite independent, tend to be really, really logical. Yeah. So when they come into their relationships and they're logical and they're, and they're with an emotional partner, it's like, okay, there's, there's there's different language patterns going on. There's going to be things that you're not going to appreciate in your partner as much. And there's going to be things that you're not going to feel connected with. And the funny thing with um, the independent side of things is, and like you're saying, you get praised as a child and all those different things to be that way. But what you're also doing is it's more of a really unhealthy version is you're praising someone to be disconnected from themselves. And it's the same with people pleasing because you're telling them that their emotions, their things don't matter. They need to please, please someone please. else in order to get love. Yes. So um, it's really interesting when you start to look at those, those kind of dynamics because in a healthy relationship, you know, you're loved regardless of what you do, of what, what you wear, with how you look, whatever it might be. You know, real love is about loving that person at an identity level. But what we're taught growing up is, you know, well, you're loved more if you're well behaved. You're loved more if you're um, doing the things that I want you to do. And that can transpire into relationships. Wow.
But this is this this is just mind blowing. Some of these things I'm hearing from you. Uh, I am married, and I don't even I've never thought of things exactly the way you are putting it right now. It's really it's really very interesting to know that uh, there has to be a balance in everything. Uh, your your behavior, your attitudes, the way you look at things, the way you relate, the way you speak. And you know, sometimes there's always this difference between two people. When, like you said, if a person is independent and the partner is a people pleaser, if uh, there's no if there's no balance, it's going to be hell. I mean, the independent mm. person the independent person will not understand why the partner needs to please. <laughs> everybody yeah. know him and the, the people please will not understand why this guy is trying to do things on his own or a person is trying to do things on his own so it's really like you said it's, it's a balance and uh, it's quite uh interesting that uh, like most people will say uh, there's no logic in relationships and sometimes ah, <laughs> you yeah, of, yeah. yeah you can't always follow logic <laughs> exactly well the funny thing is a lot of it's around the emotions and, and with relationships, the constant um, questions that we usually ask ourselves in relationships is, do I matter? Am I worthy? <laughs> and do I feel loved? Yeah. And they tend to be like the main questions that people ask themselves in a relationship. So if they're not feeling that in any kind of way, then, then you start to have a look at what comes up as a result. And often the stories start to be created. So the, pe the people please are in a relationship with someone who's independent, for example, they'll say, well, that person doesn't love me because they're not paying any attention or they don't talk about their feelings or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's the stories that are created from those scenarios, even though the logics are something very, very different. Yeah. So it's very interesting to start to see those. But yeah, identity is where we mainly start. And then we go into the juicy stuff like being able to read online dating profiles or read people or be able to communicate that at a deeper level. And the other side of things as well is being able to be in that place where you can get someone to open up so easily so you can have a great conversation and find out who that person really is from the very beginning. Yeah. Because we often find with relationships and dating, People love to bring their best selves, not their real yeah, selves. Yeah. And when you've got two people wearing masks, trying to create a genuine relationship, that doesn't work. <laughs> but, but, but it's the usual thing, at least the first month or two, couple of months, there's always this bringing your best sides to impress the other person. Then after both parties agree to be in a relationship, then after a while, the true part, the true person starts emerging from the mask, through the masks. So I don't, is it possible to stop that at the initial point? I don't think it's because I, for me, I think it's psychological because you like this person, you want to bring out your best version to capture mm -hmm. the person's interest and emotions and uh so i don't know you are the expert so. you can get people you can get people to be more open yeah. and the, the other thing is as well is that you can read people so you talk about the compatibility piece the compatibility piece is really important because it's the difference of having a long-term relationship or short-term relationship so if you can determine from the very beginning whether that relationship could be something that could work or not, then you're saving yourself time. You're saving yourself having to go through the honeymoon period yeah. and, uh, you know, spending, you know, you it's about three to 12 months. Yeah, yeah. it's actually really understand who that person is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the honeymoon period is really... Uh 
I think it's a great period, and then once it's over, it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, and then you say, "What?" <laughs> and you realize that man, this thing was not. But but like we all know, relationship is hard work. Whether you're compatible, whether you're not, uh, you're bringing two people from different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. families, different environments, possibly different countries. And they're coming together to live together. So definitely, there will always be differences. So how do you now advise your clients to say, okay, what are the steps to build a healthy and successful relationship? Regardless, after we've taken care of the compatibility part at the initial point, now you've realized that two parties are good, well, has the potential of building a successful relationship. Going forward, what are the what are the tips? You know, yeah. So I I say that with a healthy relationship, there's always four elements. After all the research that I've done, the books I've read, I've really managed to consolidate it down to these four elements. So also we've got the compatibility, which we've already spoken about. We've got the communication. So communication in terms of can you be open? Can you be honest? Can you have a good conversation with someone? The other one is consideration. Does that person consider me? Do I consider the other person? And the last one, which is really important, is collaboration. So I think so many people talk about compromise in a relationship, and I hate that word. I don't believe that there should be any compromise in a relationship whatsoever. But what I do believe is there should be collaboration. Now, collaboration is about getting the best outcome for each other and the relationship. Whereas compromise is almost like, okay, someone needs to suffer. Someone needs to let go of what they want in order to let the other person have what they want. Yeah. And what that actually does is it creates a resentment in a relationship. But when you work together with each other's best interests at heart to collaborate together to get the outcome that's going to serve both of you, then it's going to work out perfectly. Everyone wins. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very interesting. So now... There's always this communication part, and uh, we all know that uh, women tend to be better in communicating in relationships. And there's always this complaint as per uh, he's not open enough. Women want to know every little detail, and men on the mm-hmm. other part uh, don't feel that every detail is necessary. Maybe they just feel like only the important ones. Or so, how do you advise the men now to say okay? since uh, most women like to be, to communicate on every little thing, how, how do you not encourage the man, the guy to open up more and try to be more conversant on the little details that he ex- experiences on a daily basis with the, with the partner? You know, you know what? I, I would just say in terms of your relationship, it's really simple when you ask yourself this question. Does it work for you and does it work for your relationship? Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the collaboration piece. So collaboration is basically finding out what is it that you both need and what is it that you both want in terms of the way that, you know, you connect and you communicate together. For example, I'm more of an emotional one. My partner is very, very logical. (laughs) So if we're talking about something, you know, I'm literally telling him how how I feel, his emotions, and he's in this logical, very regimented kind of (laughs) of way. But it's finding out what is it that you want out of that conversation. So, for example, if you're working together to solve an issue, it's like, okay, well, what's going to work best for the both of you? Or in terms of just connecting, 
It's like, okay, what do you need? Even ask each other, what do you need to feel connected? And it might be like, okay, well, I'm, I, I need to be connected when I'm sitting down with you and we don't have phones, don't have the TV on. I feel like we're having a conversation. What do you need? I need you to let me know that I'm needed and wanted and all the rest of it. I need to know that you love me or whatever it might be. And it's collaborating from those pieces because when you actually start to understand each other's expectations and each other's needs, it becomes so much easier to fulfill them rather than yeah. going, oh, I hope this works. <laughs> oh, no, she's not that. Why is she peed off at me? <laughs> it's so hard to please. It's like, yeah, okay, someone's going to be really hard to please if you don't know what they need to be Yes, exactly. Yeah? I think as well, when we actually have those conversations with each other, um, it actually helps the person to actually distinguish what they need as well. Yeah. Because sometimes you go into relationships, you don't know actually what we need. And it can even, you know, stem down to some of the simplest of things. I mean, my partner and I, when we first got together, we had probably, because we both love psychology, we both had like a two-hour conversation wow. of, um, uh, of what sorry meant. What did we both need in terms of an apology for it to land and feel good? Because again, you know, different backgrounds, different, um, different lives, different childhoods, even just the simplest of words can mean so, something so different to, yeah. to each other. You know, you have some families where it's like, okay, if you peed someone off, then you literally don't talk about it for the rest of the day. And then next morning, everything's fine. Exactly. That's kind of like psychology. Yes. <laughs> well, you might have a need to communicate it. So it's finding, okay, what is it each other needs? What does it actually mean to you? And, uh, you know, what's going to be the best way for you to work together as a couple? Yeah. That, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it's always a work in progress. Now, let me ask you a question. There's always this saying all is fair in love and war. Do you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah, that's quite deep. Yeah. All is fair in love and war. I, do you know what? I would say, I would say no. Yeah. I think there's so many different, different things that can pop up um, yeah. around love and war. And I think it's a huge gray area. I'd love to be whimsical and romantic and go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it is. I think, you know, they said with some relationships, you know, you do have to work with it. You do have to work together to get what you want. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like a career. You know, the more that you put into it, the more you get out. And it's the same with a relationship. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's great. So now you've started this business for how long now? We've been going for three years now. Wow, you've passed the, the teething stage. So so yes. <laughs> how, how, how is the dating business? Because one thing I realize now with technology and development, people, as, as time goes by, people tend to be busier. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't have time to nurture relationships, which is a big mm -hmm. problem now in society. Uh, people are either chasing money, chasing fame, chasing success, chasing... You hardly come around, especially for the younger generation, you hardly see people that will tell you, I'm chasing successful relationships. I, I think mm. you barely hear that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Successful relationships is basically all-round success. 
Yeah. Because the more that you start looking into life, and I'm not talking about romantic relationships in this in this instance, but the more that you look into life, if you want to be successful, you need to be able to be successful at creating relationships. Yeah. There's no there's no way around it. You cannot be successful on your own. Exactly. No, no, I'm more percenting towards romantic relationships. Yeah. Because, yeah. I think but yeah, I think as well there's there's probably a little bit of um I think with with romantic relationships and dating, it's evolved so much, especially with online dating. It's almost like you know you get those takeaway apps. It's almost like you know dating's turned into that kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of culture. And I think people have been told things like, okay, if it's if you have to work at it, it's not a proper relationship, or if it's this, if it's that, and we've we've come to this place where. Um, love and relationships have been overly romanticized you think about the fairy tales the films growing up and all those different things so i think people's expectations of relationships are not exactly true to what they really are and it's not to say that they can't be brilliant it's not to say that they can't be absolutely perfect but it's it's bringing in the human element of relationships you know allowing people to realize well you've got one imperfect human, another imperfect human, and they're coming together to create a relationship. You yeah. know, which part that says spells out easy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think um, I think people, when they get to that stage in a relationship, they go, well, it's not working, so I'm going to go jumping straight onto another dating app. And they're afraid to be able to work at it. They look at that difficulty in a relationship of, oh, I failed, or here we go again, or whatever it might be, rather than going, actually, let's have an open communication, let's be vulnerable, let's actually go into this so we can work out to become, you know, work this out to become stronger. Because I believe that every argument, every disagreement in a relationship has the potential and the opportunity for a couple to be stronger afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, how has business been? Would you say you've been successful? How many clients do you have, or have you had in the past three years? Yeah, yeah. I've got past three, uh, past three years, well over a hundred. I couldn't give you an exact wow. number, but um, yeah, I'd I'd say probably around the hundred and forty, hundred and fifty mark. Oh, so, um, and the nice thing is, with yeah, with like COVID and everything hitting. It's quite funny because people have gone through the phase of trying to do online dating and believe, and they believe that it's the most successful way to date. The truth is, it's actually not. <laughs> uh, and more people have become more aware of that and going, okay, I've had terrible online dating experiences. Da, da, da. So a lot of the work I tend to do is actually teach people how to online date properly, yeah. also how to date organically. And more people want to learn how to meet someone in person versus online which is brilliant yeah. so a lot of the work that we have to do is around there yeah and i think for me my opinion in person dating it's better because the online stuff you never really know what you're getting but at least in person you see the person you see the body language you can read off some from something from the body language and your a natural instinct can tell you a few things about whether this person is okay or not okay or but online yeah. you never really know you just yeah the thing is, you can pick up more than you think online though so for example um uh, i've got someone on my team who um 
basically anyone I bring on, I really vet the people that come onto my team. And um, uh, this guy completely blew me out of the water. So I actually sent him an online dating profile. I knew all the details around it. I knew every little tiny bit about that dating profile. And I sent it to him. I said, right, I want you to go ahead and decode this dating profile for me. So he literally had three pictures. And they sent me a three-minute recording on WhatsApp. He was in the bath at the same time. He's, <laughs> I don't know why. So you can hear water dripping in the background. And he literally turned around and said, right, okay, I've seen this. So this shows that this guy's actually quite violent. I've seen this, that this guy's actually trying to attract someone younger. So I'd say paedophile tendencies. I've seen this, which indicates that the guy is married. I've seen this, where this guy shows um, that there's no empathy levels, which is quite dangerous within a... So overall, this person's quite a dangerous personality. What he didn't know was I took that that um, profile from an article of someone who uh, murdered and raped a child. Wow. And that was a dating profile that was actually on Plenty of Fish. And um, prior to that crime, if you did a background check on that person, he didn't even have anything such as like even a parking ticket on his background check. Wow. So the fact that, you know, so he, the fact that he's he had a clean criminal criminal record way before he committed that kind of crime. But we could read on, from that dating profile that person's um, tendencies, that person's character, you know, within three minutes from just a couple of photos on a, on a dating profile. Wow, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I think this is the thing. It's like um, what most people don't realize with online dating stats is that number one, most dating um, sites, I'd say 90% of them, if they know that they've got a criminal um, record, one of their members has a criminal record, they will not take down that dating um, dating profile off the dating site. So that person could be a sex offender, that person could be a, a murderer or whatever it might be, and they will not take that profile down. The other thing as well, is 51% of people are already on relationships on, on the online dating sites and 12% of those are married. Wow. So when you have a look at that and you think, okay, people are struggling with things like ghosting, things like not, you know, not going on a date or being stood up or all these different things. It's like, pff, no freaking wonder because look at those stats. But what would happen if you could actually see that person for who they are from just the photos before even the first message? Wow. How much time could you actually save? How much energy could you save? Because there's nothing worth, worse with online dating where you're like, hey, how are you doing? There's only so many messages like that that you can actually answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in other words, a professional needs to go through the profile just like what you guys do. But not many people use professionals such as you. Know? Talk about younger people now, let's say in their teens or early 20s. I don't think they, they think of it, they think of dating the way you're saying it right now. You meet somebody on Tinder or Instagram and just chat off and hook up. Yeah, but the funny thing is we train, we don't do that for people. We train people how to do it. So our okay. clients actually learn yeah. how to read people at that insane level. Wow. Because not being funny, there's nothing worse than feeling like you have to rely on someone in order to go and meet the right person. Yeah. I mean, we, want, we want people to feel completely confident in their approach that they can go ahead and learn this. So what's the demography of your clients? I mean, what age has the highest uh, percentage? Uh, so uh, yeah, predominantly 30s, 40s and 50s. Okay, okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 20s will really not want to 
do that. No, still exploring and yeah, finding still exploring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am independent. I know what to do. I don't need any help. That's the 20 stage. Yeah, that's 20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's, really, it's really been interesting so far what I've gathered from you. I think uh, I've never actually looked at dating from this angle. Maybe because I'm married, so I'm not really. <laughs> so, but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm off the market. But I've not really thought of it that way that it could take so much planning and preparation. And but I guess with what is happening in the world right now, it's really something important. The kind of training that everybody needs in order to save time, save lives, as well. Because you never can tell who that person is you're you're meeting up with. So I think it's really what you're doing is a great service, and uh, wish you the best in uh, in your endeavors. So, you. is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your business, about the dating dating business, about you personally? Just go ahead and free flow. Yeah, I would I would just say if if you if you're in a place where you're looking to date or you feel like your relationship's going a little bit off kilter or whatever it might be basically focus on your identity focus on okay. who you are bring that focus back onto you because the more of who you are um the more of you of who you are i'm sorry the more that you become more of you who you are the easier it is to get what you want in a relationship but also the easier it is to know who you're compatible with and that that literally stems you know literally the identity and identity piece is the difference between having a healthy relationship or not because if you've got a healthy relationship with yourself it becomes easier to create a healthy relationship with someone else wow that's 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 fact and true fantastic <laughs> so lily tell us about your business your contact lines and all that so that if anybody wants to reach you they know how to go about it yeah, I mean, we're, we're on a majority of social media platforms, but I'd say if you really want to start learning a lot about this, go and check out um, lovewithintelligence.com. We have got like loads of different training guides. We've got free webinars on there. Lots of different things are going to help you get the relationship that you want, desire and deserve. So um, that's lovewithintelligence.com. Fantastic, Lily. It's really been great. And uh I hope we get to have you again on this show because I think there's so much more that uh, time will not permit us to put on one episode that we can get from you. Uh, I think uh, I'll definitely stay in touch with you as well and uh, so that we can keep up this uh, connection and uh, grow. Also, try to stay connected with me as well. I'll also provide time anytime that we need you back on the show. I'll definitely let you know so that you can come Thank back and you. give us some more tips on dating oh, or love fun. with intelligence. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lily, for honoring our invitation. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, do have a great day ahead. Thank you, you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't subscribed to our show, please do so, so that you can receive an alert every time we drop a new episode. Now, whatever platform you listen to us on, please drop us a review because that will help us to make this show better. Now, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as Simon Isora or on Instagram as Sims300. This is Simon and that's a wrap.